As the coronavirus spreads around the world, we now know Ohio is in the clear for now. Tests for possible coronavirus came back negative for students at Miami University. Good evening, I'm Danielle Vittable. Coronavirus is all over the news and predictably on Ohioans' minds. As of this recording, this respiratory disease has claimed almost a thousand lives globally, mostly in the city of Wuhan, China, but also around the world. About a dozen cases have now been reported in the United States, with two possible but still unconfirmed, as of this recording, cases under investigation here in Ohio. Regardless of the numbers, Ohio's public health departments on the city, county, and state level are on high alert. Meanwhile, as we monitor the coronavirus situation, which it needs to be said, remains a remote threat to Ohioans, hospitalizations for influenza here in Ohio have more than doubled compared to the 2019 season which Dr. Amy Acton, head of the Ohio Department of Health, called deeply concerning. A number of Ohioans have already died from flu, including two pediatric deaths. This leads to the obvious question, how do we prepare for potential threats, such as coronavirus, while also addressing those threats that are here already, such as influenza? This is Prognosis Ohio, a WCBE podcast addressing all things healthcare here in the swing state of Ohio. I'm your host, Ohio University Health Policy Professor Dan Skinner. When I launched this podcast in 2018, my goal was to provide a forum for ongoing conversations about important health-related issues here in Ohio. While I wanted to expand our base knowledge about health and healthcare, including policy and politics, I also hoped it would enable us to address timely issues. More importantly, I hoped that this forum would provide a means for developing relationships with community partners working to promote health as well as keep us safe. I've been really pleased that a number of public health officials in the state have become fans of the show. I'm especially pleased that they've been willing to come on the show and share breaking news, perspectives, and information with Prognosis Ohio listeners. This, after all, is exactly what WCBE is all about. You may remember that just a few episodes ago, I had Franklin County Public Health Commissioner Joe Mazzola on the show to talk about Franklin County Public Health's 100th anniversary celebration. In that conversation, we talked about what public health departments do, but also underscored the fact that public health is about both building capacity and preparing for emerging situations. With the arrival of coronavirus around the turn of the new year, we have just such an emerging situation. So I was pleased when Commissioner Mazzola agreed to come on the show again, this time to talk about coronavirus. Though, as you'll hear, I also took the opportunity to push on a few other areas. I was doubly pleased that, along with Commissioner Mazzola, we were able to schedule Franklin County Public Health's Director of Prevention and Wellness, Alex Jones, who's playing a critical role in the Franklin County response to coronavirus. Before turning to our conversation, I want to remind listeners to please subscribe to Prognosis Ohio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please also visit the WCBE podcast experience page at wcbe.org for more information about the show. You can also be in touch with us with show ideas or comments, as well as inquiries about underwriting on Twitter at at prognosisohio or email us at prognosisohio at gmail.com. Okay, now to my conversation with Alex Jones, Franklin County Public Health Director of Prevention and Wellness and Commissioner Joe Mazzola. Commissioner Joe Mazzola and Alex Jones, Director of Prevention and Wellness, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you, Thank very, you much. very much. Yeah. I have to say to Commissioner Mazzola, before we start, you know, it's not often that we ask somebody to come on within a couple of weeks of, you know, when we talked to you last. 
But one of the things about public health is that things happen. Um, new situations emerge. And one of the reasons why we did this podcast in the first place was to be able to have a forum to talk about them. So I appreciate your time again. And, um, and I appreciate you both having me here at Franklin County Public Health. Yeah, happy to do it. Yeah, thanks for your interest. And I, it, it's such an interesting timing because we did talk about that last time, that public health is always changing. Um, but at the same time, we always stay true to those core functions. So um, something new has come up, but we are definitely um, focused on making sure that we're prepared for that. Yeah, great. So let's get into that a little bit. You know, um, like any kind of global health situation, uh, there's a lot of confusion, especially in this world of Twitter and Facebook. So I guess, can we just start with the basics? And this is a question for whoever really wants to take it. What do we know about the coronavirus? Uh, what are its symptoms? How is it transmitted? And what's the current situation? How do you think about it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, coronavirus really is manifesting itself like a lot of other type of viruses around this time of year. Um, specifically, uh, we have several different respiratory viruses where it could actually be perhaps um, mistaken for um, coronavirus. So we like to tell people that if you think you have coronavirus, think again, you probably have the flu or some other type of respiratory illness. It's a little bit like pneumonia is my understanding. Correct. So the symptoms they kind of start off with that we're looking at from the um, epidemiological side of things are um, cough, uh, fever, as well as some other lower respiratory symptoms. So if you have difficulty breathing, those type of things. But the biggest thing for us that we are monitoring is around travel history. So mm. unless you have traveled to mainland China or Wuhan City, your risk of uh, actually coming down with coronavirus is very slim. Is the word out? I know there was some question about whether it was transmittable you know, secondarily, yeah. do we have more information on that now? Yeah, so we do know that there have been two cases in the United States that have had um, non-travel related spread. So it basically a spouse came home from China and w transmitted it to another spouse. So that's actually to be expected. Um, any type of these uh, type of respiratory diseases are also often transmitted via droplets. So having that close intimate contact is what is transmitting it. But we are very uh, fortunate here that we are not having any type of community spread. So it is still very low risk at this time. We now have, based on my reading today, and um, this is fast developing, Yes, right? we have more than 28,000 or so mm -hmm. reported cases around the world, mm -hmm. um, including more than 500 reported deaths, and mostly those deaths are in China. Correct. Right. Um, there have been some cases reported in the U.S., but none to my knowledge here in Ohio or Franklin County yet. Correct. Um, although we would expect it to happen at some point, depending on how this goes. Um, I guess I just want to directly address the question of how should our listeners be thinking about the global conversation in relation to their life here in Ohio. I mean, how do you as a public health department want people to calibrate themselves to that? I want individuals who live in Franklin County to think of Franklin County Public Health as, as their local uh, connection to that state, national, global public health system. Um, so when they hear things about what's going on around the world, and this is a great example of you know, something that's happened that, that's happening very far away that really uh, you know, our residents are obviously mindful of, um, that they know that there is a public health system in place to ensure that what is happening around the globe, um, that we are working with our state and federal 
and the federal partners are working with our global partners on this uh, on this particular uh, outbreak. So, you know, we are, are in constant contact with our state health office, the Ohio Department of Health, um, who is in very direct contact with the Centers for Disease Control. And so they're, they're, the system is in place to ensure that, that we are um, staying connected and making sure that we have the most up-to-date information uh, so that we can be prepared for anything that happens here in Franklin County. And CDC on the federal level is also going to be in touch with the World Health Organization. Absolutely. And, and I would absolutely agree with what Joe was saying. And for us at public health, you know, we have individuals who are traveling 365 days out of the year. And this is nothing that's unusual to us. We monitor communicable diseases all year round. Yeah. So um, this is something that we would, and um, with any other type of disease, we have the processes in place to be able to control and to investigate those type of illnesses. So I think it's worth just punctuating this is what you do yes it's not like you know you heard about coronavirus in franklin county public health or any public health department said hey we need to start monitoring disease right right this is what you do absolutely yes 365 days out of the year and the interesting thing with coronavirus is that there's actually seven different strains that are already known of coronavirus so this is what they call the novel strain so we have some precedence when it comes to these type of viruses but as the situation's evolving we'll only be stronger as a result of it So before we started, uh, Director Jones and I were talking a little bit about what public health departments do, and it strikes me that you know most people don't know, but they'll be pleased to know that even while you're doing mostly monitoring and following now, you, I'm sure you also do genuine emergency preparedness. You drill for things. I know you can't. We can't talk about all of this. There's lots that happens behind the scenes. But what do you tell the public about your preparedness level and sort of the the preparation that goes on, the drilling, the practicing, you know, that you do in case we all of a sudden do find that we are dealing with a major situation here? Well, that, I mean, that's a great question and something that we can probably spend a whole episode on. Um, but, you know, emergency preparedness is what we would call a foundational capability of local public health and state public health. Um, so we um, at the health department, we have multiple plans that we update um, on an annual basis. Uh, we have requirements to exercise those plans at various stages uh, and with various elements within those plans. Uh, we certainly um, rely on uh, what's called our medical reserve corps. Um, so we have volunteers in the community who have said we will, we will be ready to stand up and and partner with you if, in fact, uh, we need a, a larger response that's outside of the, the normal capabilities of the health department. So this core is actually like a list of people like mm-hmm. nurses and mm-hmm. physicians and mm-hmm. public health folks. and They are, but we have about 1,600 volunteers across Franklin County, both medical and non-medical, uh, who are part of our medical reserve corps. Um, so between our volunteers, our the exercises that we have, the plans that we have in place, um, you know, we, we constantly uh, reevaluate um, that those capabilities, um, and ensuring that, that we have um, you know uh, the resources that we that we would need uh, based on the scenario uh, that would potentially that we would be faced uh, to address. Mm-hmm. One of the real life exercises that we do on an annual basis is an annual mass flu vaccination clinic. Mm -hmm. So it's something that ends up being a whole health department response almost entirely. So we put on a large vaccination clinic to really do a run through if we did need to vaccinate our entire population. Do we have the the plans in place? Are are people prepared? And, you know, every year we vaccinate between, I want to say, 350 and 400 individuals Mm -hmm. um, in one evening for three hours. So, but it's really nice. So, you know, twofold, we get 
flu shots and people, which is such a priority for us right now, um, and then also get to test our capabilities. It sounds like you're also preparing and we're sort of shifting to influenza, which I actually wanted to do for a moment. Ah, but great. It, you know, to this question of uh, what, what if an outbreak was at such a level that public health became empowered to take more serious measures, mm-hmm. right? That's something mm-hmm. that maybe a lot of people don't know about. You know, and so we do have multiple plans uh, that would address that. Um, and so, um, you know, there's um, all kinds of components to that plan, but it would uh, uh, certainly uh, uh, include uh, where we would uh, put those points of dispensing locations across Franklin County, mm-hmm. the, how many staff we need, uh, which partners we have to engage, and what, uh, and what we're asking them to do, um, how we would, you know, coordinate that uh, both at, at a partner level and at the community level. Um, so those plans are very, very detailed on how uh, we would go about, um, again, uh, addressing whatever uh, situation that we're presented with. So every year in Ohio and around the nation, thousands of Americans get sick from and many die from influenza. Mm-hmm. Um, CDC reports, I was looking today, you know, more than 15 million cases nationally this year, right, or this season, shall we say. Um, and we've had a few deaths from flu. We always do in Ohio, and you read about them sometimes. Um, I, I really struggle with this question of we have this coronavirus that obviously needs to be addressed, but the media cycle kind of focuses on this thing when there is this thing that happens every year that affects tens of thousands of people, and we know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wonder how you, within Franklin County, balance this when you have something like coronavirus mm-hmm. and the media is on that, the, the spotlight is on that. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you have to devote resources to it just because mm-hmm. everybody's talking about it mm-hmm. at some level. Mm-hmm. You need to f- meet the public's needs, right, or right. address their anxieties. Right. But how do you think about balancing the sort of every year public health, the rolling ones that are coming with these things like, you know, SARS uh, about 20 years ago and now thinking about coronavirus. You know, this is another opportunity to remind the community about what um, our public health priorities are. And yes, uh, flu is one of those um, public health issues that um, everyone knows about. But to be quite honest, um, I, I think we uh, need to continue to do more to elevate the significance uh, that that flu takes on our community, uh, that the impact that it has on our community, on our state, on our country. Um, so, coronavirus is it's new. We're learning more mm-hmm. about what what it means, what it could mean. But what we do know for a fact is that influenza uh, is um, a very um, uh, preventable. Um, a disease, but we we also know that we have um, I think about a fifty percent uptake uh, in uh, individuals getting their flu shots, mm-hmm. uh, which we, we we have to do better at, and but it also reminds us about those core other core prevention messages around washing your hands, mm-hmm. staying home when you're sick, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking those necessary precautions. Um, so the balance of yes, we are spending time and resources on coronavirus, obviously, um, and we'll continue to do that. But we can't take our eye off of what is the real public health uh, issue uh, in, in terms of season, uh, the season right now, and that is influenza. Um, and so uh, we continue to make sure that we're sending those messages uh, as much as we can, and, and making sure that we don't lose sight of that because um, you know it's it's a significant public health issue, and we know that it's coming every year. Right, and this gives us an opportunity to, to bolster that message of those prevention messages, and that it's still not too late to get your flu shot. And 
to take those preventative measures. And something that was interesting, I was sitting on a CDC call, and they were talking about the pediatric influenza deaths last year. And unfortunately, you know, we have a vaccine that's um, available for those six months and older, and about all the children who passed away, only 20% of them were vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So we, as uh, Commissioner Mazzola was saying, we certainly need to do better. And um, we are very um, aware of this, and we're using this, I think, current situation to bolster that. Yeah, so to the two colleagues I was just arguing with before I came here, ah. you just heard it from the public health professionals themselves. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not making this stuff up. So the World Health Organization, you know, has advised against, formally advised against really extraordinary travel restrictions or quarantine. You know, they, they're, they're trying to find a measured approach. And it seems to me that Sometimes we either do nothing mm. or we just way overdo it. And what I, you know, what I hear when I sit down and talk to public health professionals like you is that you're trying to find an evidence-based, balanced approach to things. And, but this must be kind of frustrating. And, and I guess, how do you alleviate people's fears and address their fears while also doing your evidence-based public health work with something like coronavirus? Mm -hmm. Because just simply not responding to the, let's say, media attention is probably going to have consequences as well, because one of the most essential things that you have to do is to build trust. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance those things? Well, I think you have to start with um, the data, and yet then you have to follow the science. Um, so you know, for us, um, you know, we aren't on the front lines of, of, of where the World Health Organization is or CDC is in terms of learning more about this this virus. We of course will stay connected with them as they learn more. And uh, that information we passed on to us, um, but we have to follow the science. We have to follow the data. Um, so uh, right now, um, the risk is very low uh, here in the United States, um, based on the data that we have. But that's not to say that things aren't going to change, and the, and they could change um, in, in a positive. They could change in a negative way. Um, but we have to be very very mindful of following the data and following the science, so that we can put in the measures that are appropriate based on based on uh, th those two factors. Right. And, you know, as we mentioned earlier, that we monitor communicable disease 365 days a year, and it's not unusual for us for certain types of communicable diseases to put individuals in either an isolation or a quarantine type of situation. Yeah. So that's something that we do on our own, and that is a local function. So as uh, Joe was saying, that to balance that, to make sure that individuals know that this is not something that's completely unique uh, for us in our daily work. Right. It's just they don't know what your daily work necessarily right. is. It's not on a global scale, right, yeah. where they're yeah. doing these uh, federal uh, quarantines and things. That is unique. Um, but our daily work is less so. What do you want people in Franklin County to do mm -hmm. when they hear about coronavirus, assuming they're not coming back from the city of Wuhan, China, mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they're right in that risk mm -hmm. area? You know, what, what do you want them to hear from Franklin County Public Health and the partners you work with? I know you don't speak for them, but you talk to them. And what do you want them to do with their lives other than get their flu shots? Well, I and think wash your hands. And wash your hands. <laughs> right, yeah. right. You know, I want them to go about their daily life, but I also want them to, to stay informed. And, you know, one of the core functions of public health is to communicate and to inform the public of uh, what's happening. So stay informed. Come to our website, myfcph.org. Go to the state health department's website. Go to the CDC's website. All the information is there for individuals to stay informed 
so that there isn't going to be unnecessary anxiety or confusion or misinformation. Um, you know, we uh, really want to make sure that that we are providing that information to our residents so that they mm-hmm. feel um, safe and informed, um, and that uh, that they un- that they understand that this health department and every local health department across the state of Ohio is working very very hard. Uh, to ensure that we are prepared uh, sh- should we have to uh, address this here in this state. Absolutely. And um, I, I certainly echoing that to go to reputable resources, not looking at uh, getting, I mean, certainly we all get our news from social media as well, but, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that your uh, resources are credible and verified. And then something also that I think our state that we've really had a lot of conversation around is being kind to one another. Yeah. Unfortunately with this, this has really um, driven wedges in individuals and communities. And there's a lot of stereotypical um, ideals out there. And really we just want to make sure that individuals, um, are being kind and being compassionate and that, you know, when people aren't feeling well, that this is something that's outside of their control. So, I mean, just those type of messages I think are also important. Fantastic. I'm glad to have a call for kindness in all of this, especially this week. And, you know, I I will say that we are going to link to those resources that uh, the commissioner mentioned um, and other resources as well, you know, reputable resources. But I'm really glad, you know, you mentioned that public health is very much about communication. It seems a really good moment for me just to put a plug in for the fact that that's one of the things we hope to do in the in the show is to say just getting the word out about these issues and talking with people who are involved with them is important because mm-hmm. so much of what circulates out there is just echo chambers and we're hoping that this is not an echo chamber so well thanks commissioner joe mazzola and director alex jones for being with me on prognosis ohio really appreciate it thank you so much thank you Thanks to Commissioner Mazzola and Director Jones for spending some time with me at a really busy time. Prognosis Ohio is hosted by Dan Skinner and produced by Dan Skinner and Mark Franz. You can subscribe to Prognosis Ohio through WCBE's webpage at wcbe.org, where you can also find the show notes for this episode. This week's notes contain information and links that you can follow to learn more about coronavirus from reputable sources. You can also subscribe to Prognosis Ohio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and really wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love it if you'd leave a positive review so we can continue to grow the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at @prognosisohio and email us your suggestions and feedbacks at prognosisohio@gmail.com. At Again, if you're interested in underwriting the podcast, bringing attention to your product, event, or cause, please be in touch. I assure you we're worth it. Thanks again for listening to Prognosis Ohio, and remember, if you can, get your flu shots. Thanks.